Hello and welcome back to Season 5 of the Outside and Active podcast. We've had some really, really incredible guests over the last four seasons and we're really looking forward to the next season, but also planning in some more guests for the seasons beyond that. We're really, really excited, so make sure you keep listening. Season 5 of the Outside and Active podcast kicks off with special guest Mimi Anderson. Mimi is one of the world's most inspirational female distance athletes, and in this episode, we learn about her various challenges and experiences, including the Marathon de Saab, her run across Africa, and even her experience being confronted by a wild bear. Mimi is such an inspiration, having made an incredible journey from stay-at-home mother of three to multiple Guinness World Record holder. With hard work and determination, Mimi has shown that it's never too late to fulfill your dreams and achieve the impossible. Mimi is an endurance athlete who found her love of running at the age of 36, very quickly discovering her ability to run silly distances by taking on the Marathon de Saab, a race that many of her other podcast guests have uh, experienced and been through before and we've heard about um, and is labelled as the toughest foot race on earth and she did that with just over a year's running under the belt. We just want to say before the podcast starts, if you notice something about the audio that's not quite 100%, then we do apologise. We really hope that you enjoy the content. The conversation between Ollie, who hosted this episode, and Mimi is extremely fascinating. And we really get an insight into Mimi's mentality and just hearing about some of the experiences that she's been through. And just a final note, we want to say a massive thank you to this week's episode sponsor of the Outside and Active podcast, Sports Tours International. This week's episode of the Outside and Active podcast is sponsored by our friends at Sports Tours International. Sports Tours International have you covered gaining entries to the world famous major marathons and on your way to getting the prestigious Abbott World Marathon Major Medal. Search Sports Tours Abbott Major online today and let them take you to the starting line. They also have a competition running at the moment where you can win a once-in-a-lifetime seven-day true trekker tour to climb Mount Tukal in Morocco. You can enter now by heading to the outsideandactive.com website where you can see at the top uh, a button which you can click and all you have to do is enter and fingers crossed that you'll be one of the winners. And with that, let's head straight into this podcast. Welcome to the Outside and Active podcast. My name is Ollie Robinson and I'm going to be your host for today. We're here at the National Cycle Show, and I'm very pleased to say that I'm joined by Mimi Anderson. Welcome, Mimi. Nice to be here. How are you doing? Well, I'm all right now, actually, now that, now that my, my talk is over. Although the talk went really well, but I do go into this sort of panic mode before a talk, and uh, thinking I'm going to forget everything. But anyway, no, I am... Um, Always covered, though, and... Uh, Always good with the world, it was. This is the opportunity, if you forgot to say anything on stage, this is... Uh, <laughs> Podcast listeners across the... I thought I'd timed it really well, actually, because it was much longer. And I thought, no, Mimi, you've only got 30 minutes. So I cut a whole load of stuff out. And uh, so I thought, no, no, that's... And I had timed it. So it came to about 27, 20 minutes, even with me going off on a tangent, which I do. And um, anyway, I saw Alex sitting there going, two minutes. (laughs) Oh, God, I haven't finished yet. So I had to rush... Not very much, but uh, yeah. So so some of this we would have already gone through. Um, you'd already shared your remarkable story. Um, incredible journey. Stay-at-home mother to breaking numerous Guinness World Records. Yeah. How did this come about? Well, it was really set very total vanity. Actually, it's awful, isn't it? Very embarrassing to say, but uh, I'd never liked the, sh- the shape of my legs. I had an eating disorder many, many years ago, but actually this was nothing. To, it doesn't matter how thin I got. I never liked the shape of my legs. So... I remember saying to um, to somebody randomly at school when I was dropping the kids off, um, you know, t- 
telling her about wanting thinner legs. And she said, well, why don't you try running? And um, and you really did start running. I did start running, yes. So, yeah, I literally started on the treadmill. And back in the dark ages, you know, there were no programs. You couldn't put into Google. Google had to start, you know, couch to 5K. That didn't exist. So, anyway, yeah, I started running and walking on a treadmill. And, yeah. And, and that then, led to Marathon de Saab, Jungle Ultras. Yeah. Oh, lovely. The Arctic. I mean, you know, places that my husband would never take me on holiday. So you decided to go running there? Yeah, fab. Where was your favourite place, to ask uh, a very top-line question? Do you know, all of them, because all of them were very, very different. And I think it's it's so difficult to say what was my favourite, because I loved, um, you know, the Grand Union Canal Race in the UK. Love that. And there are moments in that where actually it's beautiful and it's lovely. Um, the Arctic, very special, because, you know, it is so cold. And so white, you know, it got down to minus 70 at one stage when, when I was racing with the wind chill factor. But beautiful, absolutely stunning. Um, bad water, because it's so hot, it's so extreme. And again, very beautiful, because you have everything from deserts to mountains. Um, and the Spartathlon, because it is the best finish in the entire world. What would you say was your most memorable day running? We might come on to cycling in a bit, but running... Best day out on the trails or on the roads? In a race or just? It can be multiple, yeah. So let's, let's go race first. I think one of them for me was, um, I think, was the Spartathlon, the first first year I did it. I'd <clears throat> So this was 2011 or something, and I'd always put off entering the Spartathlon because um, I never thought I was fast enough to do it. I met, I met the guy who, who, um, who set it up in the first place, John Foden, and I said, said to him, you know, he said, Mimi, you've got to, got to do this race. I said, it's stupid, John, stupid. I said, I, I can't run that fast. Anyway, I met him a couple of years later. What was the distance? 153 miles um, with a mountain in the middle. Um, and you have to do it in under 36 hours. So it is, you know, it is fairly decent pace that you've had to go at. And so, yeah, and there are various cutoffs. That, well, every single checkpoint. So I think there's something like 74 checkpoints, and every single checkpoint has a cutoff. So you feel as if you're chasing time the whole time. You have to completely switch off from it. But the, anyway, I entered this race, and and I think for me, there was a point where, and I literally entered to finish, nothing else. So when somebody turned around to me and said, Mimi, you're second female, I went, oh, too much information, too much information. And I was going up this really long hill and I could hear this chit, 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 chat of, of two women coming behind me. Well, I thought, I can't go any faster. So I suddenly went from second to fourth. And then that's where the competitive spirit comes back in, doesn't it? You think, mm, not having this. So you then try and keep up with, you know, the, the, the third lady at this stage. And I thought, I'll distract her. You were yo-yoing. Yeah. yeah. And... Um, and sadly, I couldn't. Uh, she ended up coming second, well-deserved. But I overtook the Japanese lady who had overtaken me because she'd overcooked it, you see. Alleluia for me. So you didn't, you, you, there was a little bit of inner game of tennis there going on, was there? Like, so yeah. you're running really well. How are you <laughs> yeah. doing this? I sort of smugly, you know that feeling when you pass somebody and you think, yes, yes, did it. Um, anyway, so I, I think for me, the best, the best moment, though, was coming into that finish because you're, you're running down, you turn the corner and you're running down towards this fantastic statue where you kiss the foot. And um, I had a police escort and, you know, I had kids running with me and the, the streets are completely sublimed and crowded and cheering. And, 
Yeah, that was very special. And then it, outside of a race environment? Um, I think some of my most special um, days really, well, God, again, so many. But when I ran across Africa, um, that was just, you, I had days there were just beautiful. You know, you'd be running along in a, in a sort of reserve, which was not for really dangerous animals. And then suddenly you'd see a giant, you know, giant heron, heron. They're massive, you know, or you're running in the jungle and you see a giant otter. You must have had some yes. kind of animal encounters. I mean, what was the most strangest, bizarre encounter you've had when you've been out there on the trails? Um, I think, well, the, I think the nicest one, well, actually probably quite dangerous, really, was in Colorado's racing. And, uh, and somebody, we'd been given these stupid bear bells that we had to attach to our backpacks. Mine really annoyed me because all you could hear was a ding, 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 ding. So I put the Velcro across it. And, um, and you know, the guy said, look, the chances of seeing a bear, practically nil, you know, but you have to take them anyway. Well, there was me running along by myself, quite happy. And I was about to go into, um, into this forest and uh, there was a bear. And I, instead of thinking, oh, my God, I've got to stop, all I could think about was, right, where's my camera? I've got to take the picture. And I was, you know, yeah, think of the running, content, yeah. yeah. Running towards, well, we didn't have social media, really. And all I could think of was, I've got to get a picture of this bear because nobody's going to believe me. Well, the bear took one look at me and just thought, well, you smell. You know, I've been running for three days at that stage. Not worth eating. So he, you know, just turned around and went into, into the forest, were followed closely by me. Again, stupid. And he then turned around and he just looked at me. And at that was the stage I thought, oh, okay. So what do we do now? If he suddenly attacks, you've got to make yourself look really big. Yeah. Anyway, he walked away dis- disgruntled. But uh, yeah, potentially a dangerous situation. <laughs> So, I mean, so you spoke on stage earlier about that you have shown that it's never too late in life to pick up a sport, enter an ultra, running, cycling. Imagine there's going to be, let's imagine the the whole world's going to listen to this podcast, you know, we're going going to smash the charts with this. Okay, what piece of advice would you say to somebody who has not particularly been sporty, grown up in a sporting background, might not have got into it as a kid, or, you know, it's not part of their culture? What would you say to somebody? What would be your advice to, to somebody? I think first, try a variety of stuff, you know, try lots of different things, you know, because not everybody likes running, not everybody likes some cycling or swimming. Um, but, you know, perhaps go with a friend and try, I don't know, try a, a run, a park run, go to a park run and walk it, um, you know, get, get, borrow a bike, you know, you can hire bikes. And I think just start small and perhaps do it with a group of friends. And then you think, oh, quite like that. And then progress from there. But it's, you know, if you, I mean, I tried swimming and because I needed to overcome my fear of swimming, so um, of water. So I, I, I learned how to do the front crawl and I did my first trout. And I actually don't like swimming. I don't like getting wet, actually. I think that's, that's the way. So I now don't do it because I can't fit it in either. But I, but I thought at least I've tried it and I might have loved it, in which case I would have managed to find a way to fit it in. But I think... There are so many fantastic sports out there, aren't there? Inaction people... is worse than any yes, kind of action, so just is, yeah. give it a go. Give it a go. Go out for a walk. I think just getting outside, it doesn't matter what it is. You know, if you get outside and start walking, you progress from there. But it's getting outside and it just clears your head. It makes you feel better. 
you know, I, I feel it sort of sorts everything out in, in your head. So if you're having a really bad day, go and take the dog for a walk or go, go for a walk with a friend. Um, and you come back and you think, okay, I'm feeling better now. I'm feeling refreshed. Everything's sorted. Get on with it. And, I mean, you just spoke all around, like, the benefits of sport and just, and, and just even just getting outside yeah. and, and just being active, whatever the activity is. Um, you mentioned earlier just about how it, sport and getting outside helped you beat um, an, an eating disorder. Yeah. Tell me a little bit more about that and um, how much you learnt about yourself from doing the sport and, and how you could beat this dis- eating disorder. Well, I think, so I had my eating disorder from the age of sort of 14, 14, 15, and I had it for about 15 years. So by the time I got into running, I, I was actually cured. I don't think you're ever properly cured from an eating disorder. You learn to, you 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 go back to eating normally, and I'm absolutely fine. I don't have a, a problem anymore, but I think there's always a little bit of it that sort of stays. So from my running point of view, when I started running, it wasn't because of my eating disorder, but what it has done is it's, taught me not to be afraid of food so you know before I'd always look at food in a sort of a really negative way um and think well no I can't eat that um you know that's going to go straight onto the hips or it's going to be you can just see it turning into fat um whereas now very much it's taught me that if I don't eat that food well I ain't going to be able to run that race it's quite simple um so it's taught me that food is now is fuel. Um, I enjoy food, food now. I couldn't go back to not eating again. I just couldn't couldn't do that. But it's also taught me, I think, you know, that I'm a much stronger person than I thought I would be, um, which I, I always had before my eating disorder. I didn't have really any pride in myself because I didn't like myself very much. I didn't like who I was. Mm. Even with my children, I just didn't feel any very confident or anything. And then suddenly, uh, you know, I've got my running and I have something to be proud of. You know, I've, I've achieved things that I never thought that I would do. In, a, in my, I still have to pinch myself every so often. Um, I never thought I'd achieve anything like that. So it's given me so much just, I think, just participating in the sport. It's It's taught me to love food it's taught me to be able to fuel but it's also given me pride back in myself and who I am mm. um, and I think that then carries forward to my family and my children and everything else which is very important absolutely um what's next for you I'm doing the pan Celtic <laughs> I saw the map up on the big Did screen you see the map? That's a lot of coastline. That's a lot of coastline. Yeah, so the Pan Celtic is a, a bikepacking um, event. I don't think it's called a race, although you do, honestly, it is a race because you get the guy, guys at the pointy end. I mean, my goodness, they are just incredible. I don't know how they do it. Um, so, yeah, so they um, it basically starting in Wales near St. David's and we go across the ferry and we're basically doing most of the wild coast the atlantic way wild atlantic way but being the pan celtic what they do is they throw in a few extra bits mm-hmm. along the way just to add perhaps another hill or something as if it's not hilly enough as it is um and then we come across we sort of go up and then come across down to i think it's dublin and then go back and we finish in london no so it's 1700 Miles. And this is all self-supported? All we f- self-supported, yeah. So, yeah, I'm doing it with my friend Larry. So Larry and I are very similar. We come from a very similar background. 
we did a race a few weeks ago together. We work very well as a team because we sort of understand each other, which is really nice. And uh, yeah, so we're doing it together. We're quite excited. We keep on speaking to each other. What are you packing? What are you packing? No, don't bother taking that. You don't need that. No, we need to keep that. <laughs> so, yeah. um, you've obviously written a book. Two. Tell me an interesting fact about yourself that's not in either of your books. Uh, oh, I did, you know, I didn't know. That's a difficult one, isn't it? An interesting fact about myself. Um, I used to make, and I can't remember whether this is in either of my books. It probably is in the first one, but I can't remember. Um, I used to make wedding dresses and ball gowns for a living. That's what I used to do. So I did that for about 15 years. So I had many, many a bride who would come to me and I'd design their dress for them. Okay. Yeah. Um, and if you could fix one misconception about yourself to your readers and everybody on stage, what do you think that would be? Do you know, again, I don't know the misconception. I think people, well, I don't know. People always say that uh, I'm quite difficult to buy for. And I don't understand that, you see, because I think I'm quite easy to buy for because I like diamonds. I like anything that's pink. And, um, you know, a bike wouldn't go amiss. That type of thing. I'm very easily pleased. And there's plenty of brands out there to get stuck in with as well. So um, we we touched on it a little bit earlier. um, But before I get stuck into some very quick fire um, questions, just to wrap up uh, this chat. um, Why do you like getting outside and active in, say, five words? Oh, you feel better, more energy. um, It mentally makes you feel good. Just, it's just quite frankly, it's marvellous. It's lovely. It, 100%. It's the best thing in the world. Yeah. There's couldn't, no negatives. Couldn't agree with you anymore. So, moving on to the quick fire. I'm dreading these. <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll, we'll start. Cats or dogs? Oh, dogs. 100%. Toilet roll under or over? Over. Bohemian Rhapsody or Purple Rain? Call or text? Uh, Call. Full English or continental? Oh, no, full English. Big party or a quiet night in? Oh, God, I like both. I'm going to go big party. Uh, Holiday in the mountains or on the beaches? No, I'd run in the mountains and holiday on the beaches. Marmite, yay or no? Oh, no, Marmite, definitely. I love Marmite. Work hard or play hard? Both. Tea or coffee? Coffee. If you had to have that coffee with anybody in the world, dead or alive, who would it be? Oh, my husband. I know that wasn't the answer you were expecting, but that's how who I'd have it with. If I had no choice about anybody else as well, don't care, it would be my husband. And that wraps up. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you so much, Mimi. Um, where can listeners find out more about you? Online? Anywhere? Where, where can they go to? Um, I've got, I'm mostly on, well, I'm on all social media. It's awful. I'm such a social media tart, but um, Instagram. And I'm uh, Marvellous Mimi on, on everything. So you can find me on Twitter, Facebook, everything. And I've got a website, so MarvellousMimi.com. Mimi, it's been an absolute <laughs> pleasure. Thank you so much. That's my pleasure. 
Thank you very much for listening to this first episode of season five of the Outside and Active podcast. Again, thank you very much for dealing with maybe not 100% audio, but we hope that you really enjoyed the conversation between Ollie and Mimi. She is extremely inspirational and uh, yeah, absolutely fantastic to chat to. Just before we go, we want to say again a massive thank you to Sports Tours International who have sponsored this episode. Make sure you Google Sports Tours Abbott Major online today. Let them take you to the starting line of one of the marathon majors. It would be great if you could leave a review and a rating on this episode if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. And make sure if you think there's someone that would love this as much as you do, then forward it on to them. Let them know about Outside and Active and we'd love to grow our growing community of outdoor enthusiasts. So until next time, enjoy the outdoors.